Uh, this is my second take because I forgot to hit record the first time, and it's probably still gonna uh, take some working out. I'm figuring it out as I go along. It's crazy times out here, people. I'm like super, my schedule is swamped. I'm over, overextended. I'm learning how to manage that and trying to figure out how I'm gonna work in the future on being less stressfully busy because it's not fun. Yeah, you have to have some space in life to actually enjoy it happening, it turns out. So hope here's to getting some space in life, in my life, soon so I'm less stressed out. So it's Tuesday, uh, June 20th. This, is go- this episode's going to come out a week from today, uh, but I got a whole bunch of stuff going on that's all going to be done by the time this comes out, I'm going to be in Deer Creek seeing Dead and Company next Tuesday. Uh, it'll be my last uh, my last show on the final tour. So uh, keep me in your hearts as we are stomping our feet down at the creek with the boys next Tuesday. Um, and then I ain't doing nothing for July. I mean, I'll be releasing a couple episodes of this. But, yeah, I'm going to be chilling in July, so, like, don't text me unless you really have to. Um, but at the end of July, uh, the 29th of July, is the uh, next Healing Hands Night Market. And then July 30th, in the morning, we're going to be having a dance at Lakeside Park. We'll be doing a morning dance. Uh, we're going to get together... And I'm going to lead a little asana warm-up. We'll do some uh, yoga stretches to get ourselves limbered up in the wee hours of the morning. I'm not sure if we're going to start that at 10.30, if we're going to start at 11. Uh, We'll definitely be going at 11. So, yeah, uh, that was July 29th, night market at Healing Hands. July 30th, morning dance at Lakeside. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, thanks to everybody who came to the promenade dance that was a couple weekends ago, and then the solstice dance that happened last Friday. Both of those were super awesome. Uh, so if you were there, thanks uh, for adding to the fun. I had I had a really good time at both of those, so I'm really looking forward to doing more stuff like that in the future, and I hope that you are there. Um, thank you, Los Lemons. Go get some Indiana tea. And if you would sit back, relax, and enjoy this conversation I had with my friend Brandon Williams. to Los Lemons for the intro music and thank you to Tom at Indiana Tea for making good tea. I'm drinking the sweet tea. Brandon, you're drinking, this is fresh. This is a really new flavor. (laughs) The Smooth Criminal. 
That's right, worldwide release. Uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh. Worldwide release right here in Fort Wayne. It, it is a smooth... Oh, I see. Because uh-huh. the, the scarecrow's leaning over like... You, know, you got it, you got God. it. Isn't that clever? Yeah, the uh, labels, he he makes them... He puts, a little, like, little Easter eggs in them. So this one has, like, turtles for Turtle Town because it's from Cherubusco. There's like a UFO because apparently there's like a UFO thing around there, like a story about it. And uh, yeah, someone knew more about it than me, but he he sells them at the farmer's market. I played the farmer's market a few weeks ago and got to talk to him for a little bit. He's got a really cool truck that he tows his like really cool camper down oh, to the badass. farmer's market he's yeah he's pretty badass and the tea is damn good so thanks tom for making good tea that we're drinking right now so brandon brandon williams long time listener that's right first time, first time guest. guest that's right so i know this is a big deal for you so that's right it's like i'm in the investigation room you know uh, I can't tell if you're the good cop or the bad cop. But somebody else is going to walk in the door, mm-hmm. I know. Yeah, it's that's the suspense I'm trying to keep up. Keep up. You you want an intensity on a razor's <laughs> edge here. <laughs> that's right. I installed a dangling bulb light in the middle of my apartment living room just for this occasion. Yeah, it's, we're in a basement. There's mm-hmm. also man, bodily fluids in a corner, you know. <laughs> yeah, we don't. We don't know what's chained up in the next room over, and we don't want to know. And so, you better be good. (laughs) (laughs) I'll try my darndest. Good, good. I'm sure you'll be all right. I'm sure I won't have to be too rough on you. So, let's see. You're... We we met at the School of Rock. Sure did. I met Kyle. Mm -hmm. And uh, you were part of the ensemble for Dementia, if anyone listened to that episode with Kyle Smith. Friend of the show, Kyle Smith. Smith. Yeah, Yeah. friend of the show. (laughs) Kyle Smith. Uh, K. Edward Smith, for those of you who know him professionally. And yeah, the Dementia show was really cool. What did you play? You played guitar and glockenspiel. That's that's it, because the the glockenspiel was like the main melodic motif device through the whole thing, so Mm -hmm. I, I don't know what made Kyle grace me with such uh you know important things for me to mess up but he sure did well you can like actually read music right yeah so that's probably why why that's probably why when we was trying to find people willing to do this crazy show for free Mm -hmm. um uh, with little rehearsal time and blah 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 he was like well brandon knows how to read music i'll give him the important stuff Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it was cool it was a lot of fun i really enjoyed it glad that we had a, a nice little group of people oh it was, it was a great time and uh let's see what else what else we're over in dead man's dance together yeah, yeah, band. Band that plays when we can get together and so like how'd you get into music when did you start playing guitar so the guitar was second first was oh, bass okay. actually oh okay originally cool. a bass player so I'm a true bass player opposed to a guitar player who plays bass. But um, it was probably, I mean, started was probably around however old a person is when they're in sixth grade. I don't know how old a person is that time like period. Like 12? Something like that. 
11 or 12. 11 or 12. Yeah. They're about so. Yeah, I, th- I think that. Yeah. But, um, okay. That's when I started bass and then started getting lessons for bass around like a eighth grade, I think. So I like dibble dabbled for a couple of years and then was like, all right, he's taking it serious enough. Like, let's see, you can get lessons now. Cool. Uh, type of thing. So, and then I started picking up guitar a couple of years in the bass. And then by college time, my, my guitar, my guitaring was starting to take over my basing, though I was still getting a lot more gigs in town playing bass and playing guitar just because it's harder to find good bass players than good guitar players. So, uh, yeah. And I mean, I think I originally picked it up because, uh, you know, I wanted to seem cool and interesting. And that's what cool and interesting people do is they play music. So I was mm-hmm. like, cool, I'll try that. It doesn't hurt. <laughs> it doesn't hurt, but... Uh, it's not going to make you less interesting. In some areas, it might. I'm sure to some people, like, some areas of music, if you go into that, it'd be less interesting. Thinking, like, pit orchestra music. But then also to other people, that shit That's is very super cool. interesting. I, I remember like, hearing a report about the, the people who played in Phantom for, like, 30 years straight or whatever. Oh, and, like, the weird relationship they have. It's, like, a oh little God. world. So, I mean, it's definitely cool. And you have to know your shit in order to get into yeah. a pit orchestra. So yeah, I mean, that's for sure. And I did that too in in high school. I did. I was in the pit every year, uh, which was it's. I mean, playing in pits is super fun uh, and like really demanding. Uh, so it's like it's a little bit stressful, but then it's like this constant go in the flow because like especially when I'm I'm playing bass, um, and then one time in college I was playing percussion. So and even the percussion, you'd think you'd have to play less, but now I was. I've played basically every song and bass. I definitely play every song. So it's just like, you just gotta, you mess up one thing that was important. It says, Oh, well, you got to turn the page and like, there's an hour and a half show left for you to get through. So you can't really linger too long on any mistakes or successes because you got to turn the page, which is, I mean, it's cool. And then that's how I really learned how to read music is because I had to. So that's what really kind of kicked my butt into gear as far as that goes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that that forces you to learn. Oh yeah, really it's, well. It's like, <laughs> oh, oh you want to learn to read music? Hey, how about you sight read this 200 page uh, piece of music then? And I said, okay. What was like the show, or like what were some of the shows you did? Uh, the first one uh, was Crazy for You, which is just a, uh, a hodgepodge of George Gershwin tunes all put together. The show's really bad. Music's really hard because of all Gershwin. And I, for whatever reason, my divine wisdom as a 14-year-old was like, I'm also going to try to do this while playing upright the whole time. <laughs> so, which was also new to me at the time and something I wanted to learn how to do. So I really pushed myself into it. That was the only time, the first and only time I decided <laughs> to do that. Then uh, <laughs> um, Little Women was one of the other shows. Uh there was one that was like a weird fairy tale situation, retelling fairy tale thing. I don't remember. It's not a cool one. It's not like Into the Woods or something uh-huh. like really cool. It's like a weird. I don't even know what it was. Off brand. Yeah, off brand. It was. I think even in the book, it was like somebody's senior project who became like a bigger named, uh, okay. like a, they're not playwrights, but whatever you call people who make musicals. It was like their literal senior project that they did, and then. 
So, and then I was hired back uh, to play uh, a couple of shows too, uh, which I don't remember. The one was something uh, James and the Giant Peach, oh, okay. and stuff like that. And I don't. Okay. And then especially when I was being hired back, I was just in for dress rehearsal and performance, so I like literally remember nothing about. Them. I couldn't tell <laughs> yeah. you a single song. I couldn't tell you if it was oh, hard man. or easy. I just uh-huh. did it and I was out of there. So it's not like after you graduated, I graduated college. Ho- no, even high, high school was being hired back while I was oh, in college. Okay. Okay. And then in college, so I played the, guitar the and percussion. In college, I played uh, percussion, Wizard of Oz, and guitar in the Seussical, which is actually kind of a fun show. And it's the first time playing guitar in a pit. Uh, which was cool. a good time because then I mean it was still I had like two or three songs where I didn't have to play so I'm like man this is the life I don't, nice. I don't get to not play for a couple of songs this is crazy <laughs> yeah that is the life and I'm only That's like important like really important for like one song and then like three moments the rest of the time I'm just kind of filling things out so <laughs> if I'm not confident I can just like not play I feel like that's how a lot of like Broadway, like musical guitar parts are. They're mostly like kind of filler instrumentation. Like it's, unless it's like a rock opera or something or like something that is purposefully guitar driven, it's a much more laid back part of the whole ensemble. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you're just, you're backing up uh, the, piano player at that point you're filling mm-hmm. out because mm-hmm. you know they're busy playing the melodies for everybody so you're kind of holding back a little bit more foundation for them most of the time and then especially with a lot of contemporary musicals and stuff like that it plays more of a part uh with like they want to have like a singer songwriter type number or like in a cutesy acoustic number or they want to have mm-hmm. uh like something rocking or like there's one in Susical that does like a like a 70s Isley Brothers like you know, you bring out the watch oh, cool. the thing the whole time, which is super fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Neat. Well, that's cool. I didn't actually know that you did that, that you like played a whole bunch of hit, hit shows, pit parts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there's something I like to do more, but especially as a, you know, that's a, you know, as far as that goes, there's, you know, like three, four guys who are just like, that's their thing, especially, you know, a town like Fort Wayne where there's yeah, only so many yeah. people to go around and then for different productions whether it's different smaller theaters and stuff there's only so much money to pay so you know a lot of smaller productions will just will just have like a piano player and a drummer and that's mm-hmm. it because that's besides paying other people to do other things in tech like the dollars are spread so thin that like they mm-hmm. can only really afford unless someone wants to volunteer for 30 hours of rehearsal and performance uh, which I mean, for for people, especially if you want like good production, you're not gonna find, uh, unless they're your significant other, somebody willing to yeah. to come in and commit that type of time, who's good enough mm-hmm. that would really be that much of a benefit to add them into mm-hmm. the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely for sure. I've kind of gotten out of that world the last couple of years. Haven't done any theater stuff, which is fine by me and keeping busy with plenty of other stuff but that's cool so like with with your do you prefer to play guitar or bass ah, i mean like have a something that you gravitate towards i mean i at, at this point i prefer guitar but i mean there's nothing more satisfying to me uh, as far as musical relationships go than like a 
bass player and if I'm playing bass with a drummer we'll be just like immediately like really lock and we're like we're making the same types of decisions and we're listening to each other and we're giving each other space and there's so much push and pull you can give each other in that relationship that I mean it's just like really really rewarding when you find somebody you really lock in with yeah yeah when you find the groove together oh absolutely yeah that's really cool I played bass in a band I was in in high school and it was like a pop punk yeah. easy core band we we were pop punk but we had breakdowns but i do remember that like like a like a post hardcore oh yeah we we call it easy core because it easy wasn't hardcore core. Huh? we weren't quite doing hard. We still had, like singing vocals and such uh, but we had breakdowns and a couple that i'm I, i'm still proud of to this day for like kids our age coming up with i'm like oh yeah we, we did all right and i re- can think of a couple times when like yeah we all synced in and got that rhythm together there's something about that of like finding that rhythmic like sync in a an ensemble in a band that just is so fucking cool oh it's like nothing like it absolutely and especially like a. For me, it's because you know, I play, even when it's more on like the R&B side of things and funk side of things, so many things have some degree of swing to them. They're not yeah, like a yeah. you know traditional swing, but it's not perfect, even robotic, even eights. There's always a little bit of swing. So I'm like, you like really sense where each other are, mm-hmm. like in that like really specific time sense of like, that's exactly mm-hmm. where I wanted to put the E or exactly where I want to put the uh mm-hmm. and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And like, it's, and there's no, because usually when you start playing, there's a little bit of like you start laying out where you want to be or listening to where the other person wants to be and you try to meet in the middle, but like those, the magical moments where you like started to and you're both just like read each other's minds and you put all the notes in the same places. It's just, I don't know, there's something really so satisfying. Cool. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. So let's dig in to the 432 <laughs> thing. That's right. You, you brought this up in text. I did. And... For my education and for the education of the audience, uh, give us give us your piece on this. Uh, four thirty two yeah. versus four forty. Yeah. Uh. So the 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 quick and easy answer is we made it up and it doesn't matter. Uh. Mm-hmm. Is the quick and dirty <laughs> version. I mean, because so a equals anything. Uh. Mm-hmm. Is specifically referencing. Uh. Tuning to. Uh, equal tempered 12 tone equal tempered music which you know started around what 16th century 15th century maybe okay because everything before that was actually just intonation where a piano was in the key of g you could technically do other things with it but the ratios because how equal templar words like you were talking before about uh the combinations of harmonies and how they are ratios. So when something's just in tune, you actually do get close to perfect ratios on your, depending on, because there's like a hundred different ways to just in tune something. Some people do it to the fifth. So the fifths are actually perfectly in tune. And other people do like the thirds. So the thirds are perfectly in tune. Other people do other weird stuff. Oh, you know, okay. Pythagoras has a whole thing. His little map cult had a whole thing about <laughs> what would be the perfect intervals in a, in a major scale. Yeah. And stuff like that. So up until that point, everything was just in tune. Uh, 
So is that like are you saying like just in no tune? just intonation? Okay. It is just it is fixed justice system just okay. Not like oh it's just barely there. <laughs> okay, I was okay, I was following you there hundred percent. So like then if um if uh someone's tuning to fifth like to perfect mm -hmm. fifth let's say on a piano. Does that mean they would find the fifths, like the keys that are a fifth apart and tune those perfectly, and then so it's get like, the other one, the keys in between? It's like, adjusting? yo, we got our, our boy Vivaldi over here. He just wrote some hot fire in D minor. We're going to tune up this harpsichord to D minor. So, okay. so then it's slightly changing all of the notes around, so... Everything you do in D minor is as close to perfect. And again, this is also just intonation didn't become a thing until there was instruments with fixed intonation. Because when we talk about the voice or even like uh, violins and fretless instruments and mm -hmm. stuff like that, uh, that all intonation can be changed. So that's what yeah. makes some choirs and orchestras really powerful. Even when they're playing crazy modern music, like the intervals are perfect. They know that, hey, I'm about to hit the yeah. third of this chord, so I actually need to sing, you know, like 15 cents higher yeah. than what that note actually is. They know all that, like, yeah. the people who are, you know, in the New York Philharmonic and shit like that, they know that information, and they just, it's perfect, and they, like, they hit the note, and they always slide into where it's actually perfect, like, oh. almost immediately afterwards, and that's can be, like, the huge difference between, like, a, like, yeah, cool, like, this cool like really crazy high school like age kids playing in an orchestra like it sounds really good and they're hitting all the right notes but then if you hear like the real pros do it it's like whoa that's <laughs> like i don't understand how that's different but that's different uh and that's part of the reason why is because it's all perfect mm -hmm. uh in tune or as, as close as you know, they can get to that so when stuff like harpsichords and piano fortes and lutes and stuff like that started to come around that were more fixed there was in this okay. period in between this which was like total wild west <laughs> where it was like where people in especially medieval times were like coming up with like right. here's my 17 note system for oh, dividing up shit. yeah so it was like there was no standard <laughs> anywhere so then to, to bring it back forward is after justin's nation like composers were like i'm tired of just like i want to modulate these because you could pull off like say you're tuning to fifths starting at C, so C sounds good, the fifth of C is G, so G sounds pretty good, uh, mm. some of the other keys sound good, like an F might sound pretty good, mm. or an A might sound pretty good, but if you're trying to play something in B flat, like minor, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be, there's going to be some icky intervals in there, uh, so that's when you want to retune the piano to be something to just in tune to B flat. Okay. Uh, so when okay. people are like, I'm going to switch keys mid-song to these quasi-distant, because C and B flat aren't super far apart, but they're far apart enough. But it's like, say, I want to start in C, and I'm going to end this in G flat. Like, they're polar opposites uh, as far as the notes involved goes. And I want to be able to make that modulation happen. And I want, okay, everyone settle down. We got to, we're going to, so it's not going to sound as good anymore oh when God. we play in C, but now you can do this crazy bullshit you want to do, Mr. Composer Man. Finish a song on a new key because one isn't good enough for you anymore. Yeah. So this is a system where, and that took a long time to even establish 12 tone equal temperament uh, as a thing. Okay. And then once that was a thing, 
than like a bunch of different places it almost varied like from place to place like uh so-and-so who runs this orchestra likes to run mm. i don't know why they chose not a you can probably look it up but like they like to run their orchestra at a 444 and they like it you know tuned up a bit and blah 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 and this person over here they like their stuff you know uh a420 because they're super dang and they like, <laughs> yeah. and like then city started making standards like in the early 20th century paris was on like 436 or something like that i believe can't remember but so then city started coming out with standards uh and then again to reiterate it's also like stuff we made up for specifically western classical music when you talk about western classical music really only talking about uh italy france uh russia and austria slash germany are the only places that matter everyone else just moves to those places to make music uh more or less when you talk yeah. about classical music yeah. uh because you know traditional folk music has its own whole thing going on and even like american folk music has stuff outside folk tone equals temperament and stuff like uh -huh. that specifically in black traditions uh mm -hmm. and stuff like that so uh came about for that reason and then it was like in the mid 30s everyone was like all right we're gonna do it we're making it standard a440 who cares we're doing it and mm -hmm. that's just what everyone's been doing <laughs> so people don't have to go over and it's like okay. oh, i want to play this piece of music and you have your piano or whatever and then everyone comes over and uh, I'm just like, you need to retune your piano to, to 440 now. Or you need to blah, blah, blah. Or you need to tune it up. And I'm like, I'm tired of tuning yeah. this piano. Oh God, just make it so just much. make it normal, please. Yeah. So, so it definitely is a whole bunch of drama. There's a lot of drama around this. Yeah, which is uh, silly made up as, stuff. As there should be. In my opinion, it's still high, a highly contested issue as I'm I know. out. And I mean, I'm excited to be on this topic. But it's like, if you like 432, cool. Like, but it's just like, it's not going to have all these other properties before 440. Like, the difference is going to be it's going to be lower. And because mm -hmm. it's lower, um, some things, like, we typically like things that sound low. Think about like, your really rich, deep, like, bass vocalist, you know? Sure. A true bass singer. It's like how cool and, like, deep they're like, we like, like, oh, that's mm -hmm. cool. I like things that are low. <laughs> so, uh -huh. so it's going to have that effect on, on a lot of stuff. Uh, so, yeah. So, what about the, so the thing that, that got me, that hooked me into all this, the woo-woo part of it, is, is around like the mathematical divisions in like the harmonic ratios between the frequency of like it being 432 hertz versus like eight hertz higher. Like, and the the thing I heard, and I have no sources that I can remember to cite Which for this. Which is cool, I don't care. It's on, we're on the internet, so no one's going to complain about that, I'm sure. But I heard, I remember hearing that, like, the resonant frequency of the Earth is 8 hertz. And when you do the math and multiply it out, 432 is, like, 
And I've honestly never done this math. Before I brought this up, I thought I should probably do this fucking math sometime. <laughs> I'm about to talk about this on my podcast, and I never actually punch this into a calculator. <laughs> so I, I read on the internet that the Earth's vibration is 8 hertz and that 432 is divisible by 8. Um, but I didn't use the the Google calculator oh. to try and divide it by eight. So the whole thing is that like four thirty two hertz is harmonically is more harmonious with the earth, ergo us, since we all come from the earth. Uh, in the woo woo websites I was reading and watching on YouTube, and that's that's the thing that I thought was neat and why I've. I wanted to why when I was on Sweetwater's website, I bought the tuner that I was able to adjust the hertz. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, so is that? Do you think there's anything to that, or is that more stuff that we made up? I mean, it potentially about? could be if you were to take tuning more seriously, because then with, again with equal temperament, that will mean that your A is in tune mm -hmm. with the earth or whatever mm -hmm. and everything else isn't because we're 12 tone equal temper then the ratios are wonky and off uh, so if you okay. create a new tuning uh, system that was based on uh, okay. ratios against uh eight hertz or what have you uh -huh. they're not gonna be like that's a neat idea but based on our 12 tone equal temper uh -huh. is like cool so the a's there the rest of them the definitely of them are not oh Okay, <laughs> so when I tune my guitar to A four thirty two, you're tapping into the earth when you play the note A, <laughs> and then you're severing your connection anytime you play I another play a chord. note. <laughs> Not even another chord, because you know the uh -huh. other notes in that A yeah, chord are not going to be whack. You know. So the notes in the so A just chord. the note A, not just even single note. Yeah, not the chord because the other. Okay, yeah. Because everything, okay, all I, the anything that is not an A was gonna be an off ratio. I gotta, I gotta use the calculator. I guess. Which I mean, that'd be it'd be really cool to hear yeah. actually, just like a all sorts of crazy huh. tuning systems all over the world uh -huh. uh, and stuff. That's like, its octaves are divided into like five but they're not equal parts and stuff like that mm, uh, okay. and it's i mean there's all sorts of really cool interesting stuff going on there so i mean it'd be interesting to hear music that was actually there was an art installment at usf from a while ago a guy built all of his own instruments some were droney uh some were more rhythmic and uh they were all based on the uh ratios of the rhythms of the planet moving around the sun which case the person walking through the exhibit is like the sun and the other ratios are so it's like impossibly long like rhythmic machines that like it'll be like two years before they repeat a rhythm technically wow. and stuff like that and it's just wow. like everything was designed around you know planetary movements uh put into to music and he built all these instruments that could perform these tasks basically wow. so i mean stuff's out there that's like that which is really neat yeah huh yeah, um, Kyle brought up a guy who did something like that. I can't remember the fellow's name. Oh, Parch? Harry Parch was the name that came to mind. Maybe it was him, because um, you've told me about him before, too. You yeah, I don't know if he did separate plans. Kyle's a he, bit more into him than I am, so he would he, know. He said he, like, had his own musical scale and, like, made 
a whole bunch of instruments that could play oh, at that scale. Yeah. And there's like a museum that has all these instruments he made and stays. So yeah, reminds me of one of my professors in college uh, took a microtone class when he was getting his master's. And the professor was like this buck wild dude who could like, students would come in and be like, okay, I divided the octave into 64 equal parts. And it, well, he would play these pieces on basically a bottle, had the bottom cut out, and then a, a, a water balloon tied to the bottom of it. Because he could get different, by squeezing the water balloon, he could get different pitches and like really precise pitches. Oh my and God. he would be like, okay, give me like five minutes. And he's like, okay, I can, I can do that. I can play. I can play this in, in you know obscene numbers of like you know or you know because we think normal microtone like dividing into twenty four parts each one in between is like crazy and he's like oh I can do like an extra four in My between goodness. like an accurate and the thing that's neat about that too because I haven't done this but uh, if you train yourself to hear the half sharps and half flats and stuff mm. like that. Your, I mean, obviously, your ability to hear things that are in tune gets that much sharper because you are able to hear exactly in between as well as exactly on, so your intonation yeah. skills get, like, insane. Cool. That's interesting. Huh. Okay, that's a lot for me to wrap my mind around. My, There's my, this... Uh... My hippie spirit is a little dampened, I'll be honest. <laughs> it, is, so it, is a, it is a drag, right? It is a drag. But, I mean, it's it's cool to know that it's, like, I mean, possible. I've been, so, like, I'm getting into DJing and, like, starting thinking about dipping my do toes into, like, music production and, like, electronic oh, yeah. work and, like, might, might be doing, like, so I, my thought is like I want to find like a tone generator mm -hmm. and just like that I can set to like you know 432 hertz mm -hmm. and then if I can like do the math and figure out like what you know go 8 hertz up and then 8 hertz up or whatever mm -hmm. and like make those like just record each of those single tones and then start like laying them over top of each other in a DAW so if you want to like be see if any of them sound good you want to be the most woo woo what yeah, you could I do definitely do you could do based on i don't know if you'd want to do with four because uh four thirty two is kind of high you might want to take an octave lower mm -hmm, uh mm -hmm. and then you build yeah. uh using tone generator it'd be easier to do this build a true harmonic series uh, so harmonic series is the um natural harmonics any given sound will start to generate any simple sound will start to generate mm -hmm. so that's where i mean that's where some of our uh this is hotly debated so watch out between three different scales what is actually hard in tune with the harmonic series the most widely accepted is major there's an argument for lydian and there's like people who are like no it's lydian dominant because math and we're like okay whatever dude we don't care so, uh, <laughs> but uh, lydian and major are the two big ones that okay. people will do based on harmonic series uh where it's like no octave fifth i think it's the next octave and then it's a third and then another fifth and then you can look it up and it keeps getting and once it gets really really high it starts to get microtonal because it goes through all normal intervals and goes through you know like a minor third and stuff starts getting up there the higher and higher it gets so you can get 
build a proportional harmonic series generator you can kind of sweep through to express different parts of it even if you want to be the most woo woo about your 432 yeah okay yeah and i heard i i listened to the mr bill podcast and i saw i heard him talking about how like nowadays when like when he's making music and like other people in his world are they he like encourages people to do to put the harmonics of the bass like the higher harmonics mm -hmm. of the bass in the song because so many people are going to be listening on phones oh yeah it's been a trick for a long time harmonic, yeah, yeah if you put like a high harmonic in it you'll be able to like hear it on the shitty phone speakers and like a person's brain will just fill in oh that's this deep bass and it's pounding when it's really like not actually that low our brain is just able to be like oh yeah that's a cool bass and so like doing that kind of thing like having that knowledge being able to do that in like a live setting or with like higher response higher response speaker system getting to do like a sweep through like a built harmonic resonant machine yeah. <laughs> I don't know, would be pretty neat like it'd be it would and Maybe it'd be possible to like program it into like a MIDI keyboard and to like yeah. do like modulations and like automations or something. But okay, that's neat. Holy <laughs> shit, man! <laughs> you're you're blowing my mind. Damn. <laughs> Just thinking about standing in the woods. And I was like a fourteen-year-old listening to lecture about unified field theory, getting my mind blown. Now like here I am. It's like actually you gotta go way deeper uh, if you want to do it. No, that's the thing about um, which is really a lot of the woo-woo uh, internet stuff is um, like uh, I I kind of shake my head sometimes because like you have a cool idea, you just need to read a bit more and take it further you know yeah. it's like a, um like you're like touching on some interesting stuff uh like find a way i forget the name of the website but it used to post you both used to steal all of the uh uh academic papers in the world and put them up online for free oh cool <laughs> and nice. i think it's stopped so the most recent stuff i think it got shut down in like 2018 or something so it's the most okay. recent stuff but you have like and then through the library, I mean, you have access to hundreds of years of, uh, of research papers about anything, and you could start diving into any of that stuff to get an extra, you know. And that's what uh, when I think about the 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 woo woo hippy dippy stuff, which I really enjoy, uh, is like I could just be so benefited from taking that one step forward, and like mm -hmm. the idea of just like, well, I'm a free thinker. It's like, well, yeah, if you're a free thinker, you should be able to read woo-woo stuff and then also turn around and read something in nature you know the you know famous what is it biology that it mostly does uh academic paper that's been around for hundreds of years now yeah. so just like you should be you should be reading both of those things if you're truly free you shouldn't shackle yourself to just woo-woo and they'll get that get that dirty science get that dirty empirical data out of here i don't want it it's like no these things can 
can coexist in a lot of stuff and sure it's some it might take some of the magic out of the the woo hippy dippy stuff but it can kind of lead you further into the rabbit hole to kind of get your hands on something juicy mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's like like i call that not getting caught up in the lights of the show uh, like, yeah. I th- like i think a lot of a lot of people get trapped by that and like i mean i've really noticed it in like spiritual practice and like in like buddhism and stuff it's talked about like i heard it was i think it was ramdas talking about like cds like the magical powers that a person can accumulate oh, with, like trying right, to right. seek enlightenment and like that's the point he made was those are not and then it wasn't just him that made it first but he reiterated it that like the the powers the cds are not the point of the practice those are mm-hmm. just like signposts that you're heading in the right direction and people who like get caught up in in like doing miracles although like you know they can help people and like do great things people get caught up in that are like missing the point yeah it's like you got to go further and i think like <laughs> there's almost a little bit of that in like the woo woo world of like where people get get caught up in how nice it is to burn some sage while dancing around their apartment to mm-hmm. a sound bath on youtube and like then don't actually spend the time to read even the wikipedia page on like what a hertz frequency even is yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. Uh, like that and that would probably benefit me who hasn't done that <laughs> like i didn't use a calculator <laughs> <laughs> no because i mean because then i mean based on that you, i mean your eyes like i mean you can really kind of open a lot of information because i mean hurts wiggly air you know sound vibrating energy it'd be the, the thing that turns a lot of people off is when you try to learn this information it's like it's physics the whole time yeah. it's just been fucking physics and all <laughs> physics is just math and i hate math uh, so lots of people get turned <laughs> off but it's just like uh uh, it's just oscillation, you know, basically it's describing mm-hmm. uh, energy in the air oscillating. But then, so like, uh, I remember, uh, uh, something that people talked about for a while, but finally, like somebody like gave a little Ted talk about it was uh, Adam Neely about how rhythm is a relationship between two things, which is just a really slow oscillation a relationship. Mm-hmm. And you speed it up really, really fast and becomes a chord because you vibrate those two fast enough and it stops becoming a rhythm and starts becoming two different hertz frequencies and then i mean this is slightly disconnected because we're no longer talking about sound but then color comes in which is just you know wiggly light you know coming in at different frequencies and oscillations and then when you talk about the earth rotating at a certain speed or what have you of just like you can kind of get real interested in the whole you know like well, everything's oscillations and blah 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 and then you can start you know getting into stuff like that and i'm sure there's plenty of research and stuff out there to uh you know you can really get your your woo woo and physics uh yeah, on at yeah, the same time yeah. yeah actually i'm reading a book that's sitting right next to you it's uh the mystic the big one not that the big one. one yeah that one it's the mysticism of sound and music is that it yep and uh, the guy, Hazrat Inyat Khan, who's like a mystic or of some sort, and he talks about how light and sound are the same thing, how they like are, they manifest from 
the same energy and this like like uh, they they manifest in different forms like when sound becomes more compact it becomes light or like or like or the other way around i'm, I'm i can't i don't know a direct quote but he's like talking about that exact thing how like mm -hmm. the source of light and sound are vibration mm -hmm. and so yeah i think that's a that's an appropriate correlation to make mm -hmm. mm. i'm sure a physics person will come in here so well actually sound when it dissipates it becomes heat energy while light when it <laughs> i'm not talking to a physicist <laughs> talking to a musician so stay in your lane brandon that <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'd keep you in line here you've been lying yeah, yeah yeah i mean but i mean i think i mean it's a really powerful correlation obviously and it's it's interesting to think about just how our ears pretty easily our most powerful sense and people don't mm -hmm. think about it how incredibly powerful it is uh, because I mean, we can hear stuff that happens miles away. We can hear when there's little sound around, we can like literally hear a pin drop. And then at the same time, stuff gets really loud all the time. Our ears are smart enough to turn down the volume and sort of adjust to the world around us. And, yeah. Like the sensitivity of one's ear is like so insanely in tune on like, you know, equilibrium and balance. Like our ears are just like, it's insane how powerful they are and how much they can really do uh, and how much they can put up on. Because you think about like something to the theoretical low of hearing 20 hertz or what have you of like, that is not a lot of times to move per second. Like that is almost a rhythm. Yeah. And when we slow it down a bit slower and we start to get rhythm out of it. It's not that much faster than we can hear. Other things can hear lower and stuff, but like 20 is pretty damn low. And, you know, in our ability to tell what direction stuff comes from and mm -hmm. to recognize the, you know, our, our, everyone talks about the mind's eye, but, you know, you have a mind's ear as well to remember what something sounds like and the tonal quality as well as pitch, you know, and yeah. you know, other languages, pitch is a whole part of yeah. language and stuff like yeah. that. So it's, I mean, and we think how, how stupid our eyes are. And, and how unreliable touch is and uh taste is basically uh smell but more uh, <laughs> yeah, glittery smell glittery smell <laughs> and wet, wet smell wet, yeah, wet smell going and then our sniffers aren't too powerful either uh, so they're just yeah, like those are really bad compared to other animals yeah that's yeah that's an interesting interesting thought and seems pretty true to me that hearing is the most finely attuned sense or at least like the most diverse and like how it functions and like what it's able to pick up no and it doesn't have to do like nearly the mental just math like you know just now i heard your bracelet wrestle and a car pass by and there's like somebody blasting a tv show in apartment next to us maybe it sounds like because it's this low sound coming so mm -hmm. and i can tell all that but when i look at you i see your face really well and there's like kind of chair and there's kind of table and there's yeah. kind of other stuff i can tell there's other stuff in the room but as far as the detail mm -hmm. i can only really truly see your face in detail and there's all sorts of you know those fun 
peripheral vision test, like that really old YouTube video that's like, count how many times they pass the ball. And oh, like a fucking yeah. guy in a monkey suit walks by yeah. and they're, they're like, did you see the monkey suit? And everyone's like, nope, sure did. Sure did not see that. Yeah, I remember watching that on the Science Channel in middle school. Oh, yeah. Just feeling like a dude. Like, like oh, I found him. That's so stupid. Totally missed Sasquatch. Man. Man. Sasquatch. Come on, eyes. Come on, eyes. <laughs> Come in your ear. Except so much without you even yeah. having to think about it. Yeah, yeah. It, like, tunes out so much. Because, like... You can, when you, like, bring conscious awareness to it, you hear the bracelet in the car and what I believe is an AC unit. Um, but, like, the eyes, like, even now, even when I just was focusing on speaking, my eyes went fucking blank. They're like, okay, <laughs> we, we gotta use our brain right yeah, now, better turn those off. Eyes can't work. <laughs> That's so funny. Wow. And so, musicians are better artists yeah, than painters. Just, we're just better. We're just the, we, we speak Unbiased opinion. Much more directly than visual artists. And so, sorry guys. Sorry guys. figured that out. Um, no one can chime in on that. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, this is, this is an objective <laughs> like, fact. So, I don't, there's, yeah. no, there's no reason yeah. to have an opinion. Conversations are needed to be. So like uh do what are what are you up to musically these days? Musically these days? Yeah. Well, I've kind of pumped the brakes on uh practicing and stuff and uh yeah, I told you I've been writing just a, a bunch of essays uh about different things I want to talk about. Yeah, cuz uh, that's right. Yeah, I want to get a little YouTube thing going just cuz I really miss teaching a lot. So that'll be my way to kind of scratch the itch. And I also just really enjoy formulating thoughts and, and putting them down and making revisions and trying to find like what I think is like coherently like a, a good way of explaining something that's also like, hey, this is accessible. Like this doesn't have to be crazy or hard. And like also like you don't suck if you don't understand this the first time you hear this and like trying to be a supportive voice while also trying to like say hey like this doesn't have to be complicated uh because it's not really complicated you can make it really complicated if you want uh and that's cool if you do but you don't it's just like here's all these options that you maybe you didn't know existed musically that are like i think is cool and interesting and like a nice thing to have explained to you and like a not like here's the coolest most badass most extreme insane music theory thing you've ever heard in your life it's just like hey here's like this neat idea like uh it's similar to this and like this is kind of how it works and like let's play around with it a little bit like kind of introducing a more like you know that this is supposed to be fun and like there is play in the true sense of play uh like that you're supposed to have you know and then if you really love it you can turn it into something serious that you can like really shed and really get good at but you know you want to have fun and explore anything you're working on you got any in the works yeah i think i have actually about to send i think i have eight essays done up right now i'm going to send uh to a bunch of people's like hey does this make sense uh of different 
um, skill levels and stuff. So like people who I really respect, respect, and then also people who are just like kind of into music, but like don't really know anything theoretical side. Like I'll probably give some to you, just like hey, like does this make sense to you? Like yeah, I was expecting that I was going to be on that list. Does this make sense to you? It's like someone who like loves music and does music, but doesn't necessarily know lots of the technical information involved. Of like, is this? You know, is it just the right amount of dry to drive when supportive? And it'll just be the, you know, when I said it, it'll just be the essay as opposed to me actually saying, presenting the information. But mm-hmm. I, mean, I think it's, I don't know, so just like planning stuff and the idea, I mean, teaching in general is just like such a satisfying thing to do mm-hmm. as far as you know, just being able to describe to somebody and, you know, the, the mm-hmm. t- teaching methodology and stuff like that, I find just like really fascinating stuff to begin with so this yeah. is like a a weird like but how does one teach the void you know how does one teach without Ooh. true response back and stuff like that yeah yeah do i try to cover all the bases or do i like who's the imaginary person i'm teaching to this i mean i think that's what it comes down to yeah yeah that's that's really cool and well part of the the cool part of the internet is like you can put that out there and like it's i think the way that internet education maybe works best and like what i hear you kind of describing is it's going to be like a conversation or like will work best if there is a conversation um of some sort at least or at the very least you have a good grasp on how you're gonna go at it and um i think i think that sounds really cool because the, yeah. the aim is like uh somebody no matter age but like who's i mean essentially somebody like you you know where it's like i'm not gonna go crazy high level like you know i'm gonna explain every detail of uh why schoenberg thought up his 12-tone system and like what's the math like none of this like mm-hmm. really crazy of just like uh though like some of that stuff is a lot more like approachable than people think it is so i mean i probably will at some point like dive into that i'm just like hey this sounds complicated but check it out it's just here's a loose connection of tones like let's make them work somehow yeah it's essentially and like there's all sorts part of it is just breaking down the jargon but like someone who's interested in music and like uh and just like wants to know more about it from like a from basically uh, intermediate level person in music in general or just interested uh, who like plays a bit and like knows what they like knows what they doesn't like but like wants to start understanding or like hitting roadblocks and stuff mm-hmm. like that of just like here's a, a tool set because I mean the whole idea of music theory is not like here's how music definitively works because it hasn't been people who think that uh, have don't know that the 20th century existed and <laughs> Yeah, there's my whole rant about like music theory destroys creativity of just like well you haven't like where have you been like the stuff you think that theory is hasn't existed since fucking beethoven died and that happened a while ago uh like the floodgates of like you know in the 50s people were playing with uh tape loops uh and like uh orchestrating to and from tape loops and playing with microphone feedback and classical compositions and like writing that into music and like field recordings and like uh, transcribing in the 30s and 40s, transcribing bird songs to clarinet 
and like all this crazy, you know, you know, we aren't just playing four part, you know, the stuff that they think it is because they took the one class in school, uh, which is just theory based on Bach, basically. So they think that's what music theory is, but it's like, oh, no, buddy, like strap in. There's a <laughs> there's a whole lot more out there. Yeah. yeah. But the, they're to get to that point of like even understanding how one would like compose a bird song or clarinet or like transcribe that mm -hmm. like a basic musical understanding is gonna help at least oh i mean because that's the cool stuff about a lot of the contemporary stuff is so much of it is immediately accessible because you could yeah. theoretically sit down never played a clarinet in your heart before in your entire life play a bird song on loop for days at a time and eventually you'll figure out where to put your fingers in the right places to play what that bird's doing uh but if you already know how to play a clarinet uh if you already know how transcribing works and then the other part is then you who's, who's never played clarinet or played music before how do you then you describe to another person this is how i did it uh <laughs> Because that's where, I mean, because yeah. I don't think reading music is necessarily important, but the communication of idea is yeah. what's important. Yeah, yeah. Because that's really what it is. Like, music is a form of communication. Absolutely. Um, and that's something, yeah, something I've been thinking about more is, is just that. Like, I mean, listening to The Grateful Dead and hearing how Jerry Garcia played guitar. Oh, yeah. It's like so... Oh, Jerry and, and Phil, especially. Oh, man, yeah. Them, especially, like, the, like, I think their best is probably, like, 77, 78. I think is when they were really just, like, really yeah. playing with each other, playing off each other. There's just, uh, that's, that's, especially between those two. Yeah. Yeah, and... There was a, I heard B.B. King say this in a video. It was like a guitar workshop that he did. He was talking about how he plays in, when he's playing the blues. And he said, first, you got to introduce yourself. Like, hi, I'm B.B. King. It's nice to meet you. And then after that, you can really go in and tell him what it's like on the streets. <laughs> and <then> it's like <laughs> that I have used that concept when like, playing when like trying to play a solo or playing a lead line it's like okay first like get into it a little bit introduce yourself okay now i can really tell them what it's like <laughs> and just that that concept of being able to communicate through it like i think that is very much it, it, it i don't know if i don't know how many people realize that is an important part of of music of creating it like i don't know how much of the audience like understands consciously that there's like a communication like an expression like i mean like it's people say like art is expression music's a form of expression but like it really being like a mode of communication i don't know how many people like really have that conscious awareness like on an audience level. I think like a good amount do. Like it's not nobody. But like I just I wonder yeah. how many do. Well and I mean similar to that is 
because uh, you know I have, my, I have my nerdy music books that I like to read and Charm Burke I mentioned earlier he's mm -hmm. arguably the most important theorist of the 20th century he's like the 12 tone guy is kind of which is well, I have been brief side notes hilarious because he's just like I've I've lifted everyone from tonality. Congratulate! I've freed everyone. We can now play whatever notes we want whenever we want to, and it makes sense because I've made it make sense. Oh, and then God. the immediate movement right after that is like we're gonna play the same note for four hours. <laughs> and it was a minimalist move. It took off, where it's more about texture and more about these uh -huh. long form, like simple, like real droney stuff. So it's like. Oh my god. Which, I mean, totally makes sense because the stuff before Schoenberg and stuff was, you know, a bit more tied up. I mean, you know, there's praise. I mean, he's coming out of the end of romanticism with Mahler and Debussy and all that sort of stuff. So, like, they, they're a little bit out there and they're doing a lot of chromaticism stuff, but it's still very steeped in, uh, you know, the Beethoven, Mozart era type of stuff. And then Schoenberg's, like, really cranking stuff to the extreme. It's like this the slow build up and then Schoenberg like knocks it into the sky <laughs> basically. Uh, and then right afterwards they just like tear down all of it. And they're like, no, we're just going to play a note for fucking two days. And that's going to be the piece of me. And then John Cage is going to be like, I'm just not going to sit at my piano and do nothing. <laughs> and that's, that's music now. And then George Crumb comes along. It's like, well, I'm going to make people throw chains inside a piano. And, so, and then, I mean, it just gets so, and then uh, it just gets crazier and crazier yeah. in the 20th century. But I'm Schoenberg, so I'm reading his book uh, about theory, and he has this passage about, like, basically the argument of should you or should not learn theory. It's like if, a, if you see a pupil has, like, a really good ear, should you just let them do whatever their ear tells them to do? Because that's, like, natural. It's like, well, there's a point to that, and, like, that's a solid argument. But here's my case for why you should learn theory is because sure we're manipulating things that are in the natural world aka sound we're manipulating it but the idea of music is a completely human-made construct you know we're making art we're not making more nature we are making art so since we've made all of this up we should probably teach people how this thing we made up works so then they can be better prepared to make up their own stuff because if you're just unaware of all of this and you're just like let loose like you could stumble upon some cool stuff like mm. for sure absolutely yeah. you could do some interesting things but as long as you can critically think you know you're not just like a, a dumb zombie who does whatever your teacher tells you to do you'll learn all this information expand your palate and then you'll still have your ear you had the whole yeah. time and still be able yeah. to do that stuff you wanted to except now when you're like well i have this thing but i don't know what to do with it you can be like well, I have this thing, I don't know what to do with it, but I can come up with four or five options for me to try based on this other mm -hmm. stuff I've learned. Yeah, yeah. Like, when I was in cosmetology school, my thought was, I have to learn how to follow the rules, and then I can break them. Oh, absolutely. Like, if I can't cut a straight line, I can't do, like, a proper, oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, clipper cut. How am I going to do some crazy, like, design with, like, a weird-shaped fade that, like, looks super cool? Got to learn the basics. And then, like, after learning the basics, like, experimentation is done with wisdom. Oh, and it's not just, like, wasted time and energy. Well, and like I said, like, 
you can't think of something that musicians haven't already thought of. Now. Yeah. Like, there's someone has written a paper on it. Whatever you think is original, somebody's art. At this point, no. somebody's done no. it. So, or at least theorized it, you know, just uh -huh. like that would be a cool idea. And I need to get my doctorate in music. So I'm going to write about this and I'll never think about it again, but I thought of it. <laughs> yeah. And like, that kind of takes some of the pressure off. Like, just like it's, it's great. It is great to have a vast amount of knowledge but in the end it is all made up and so yeah, exactly like, it's like relax just buddy do it <laughs> buddy. that's what uh, um phil stressed to me i was taking and his theory class was really sick because it wasn't traditional at all it was exactly what i was saying it's like these are just tools for you to write music with so mm. everything we're going to do is going to be centered around you need to write me a composition using these new tools uh and that's the class it's like you know when you go to art school you see art up on all the fucking walls because that's what they're doing all day you go to music school and it's a bunch of people writing interval relationships on a piece of fucking paper and like that doesn't make any sense like let let the people play yeah yeah and like that's what i yeah that's the whole point and my favorite thing about music is how it like brings people together and like writing writing intervals on paper doesn't seem like something that's going to be bringing a whole bunch of people together that way depends how many notes you write you know you you, <laughs> you write down parts for a hundred musicians to come together and then somehow that's find a hundred people to that's play true. your piece of music that's, that's a lot of people brought together uh -huh. it's a different type of relationship yeah uh but it's still yeah. a fun one yeah oh <laughs> uh, well brandon anything else you want to cover mm -hmm. well, i mean I, I have lots to say so well give us uh you said you have eight essays written yes give, will you give a sneak peek into one of them so the first one i wrote was uh like the case for creating basically it's a working title just like why cool. even create in the first place like what's the point um mm, okay. and just like and and why do we feel the need to create and stuff like that and that one's going to be probably a bit longer that's one that i'm kind of held up on i already have a lot written but i want to do more like research research uh with that one as well mm -hmm. uh yeah. because i mean i mean that is the crux of you know the whole the whole thing and that's I mean, music art i mean any one of those things of just like why is it worth it like what's it going to be like it's it's more just a, a think piece on just like what it means to be a quote-unquote creative or what have you and that you don't need to be the quote-unquote creative to create like it's a little pressure you can just do this for fun and if you're not having fun you cannot do it but you will have fun trust me <laughs> like it's, yeah, you know yeah. the thing that's brought to you may not be the thing you want to do and you just don't realize you haven't found your thing maybe yet and you know there's all sorts of I don't know, neat historical things that go into that but that was the first one i started writing and i'm still doing the one the one that i finished right before i came here was like a more technical uh 
I, I think the working title was like understanding the music hieroglyphs, you know, because you see people like me who write out these crazy things like C major seven, nine sharp eleven, flat thirty. You yeah. see that sort of stuff, yeah. and just like you know, this looks like hieroglyphs, but trust me, it's not that complicated. And like uh, something that I need to go back through my other ones now because I realized that since it was technical, the beginning at a list. I'm working off of these assumptions that you know what a major scale is and that each of these I can give a name one two three four five six and seven and those are your that's your major scale and you know what a, a major triad is and you understand those words if you understand what those three things are you can continue carry on carry on <laughs> yeah. but like you know uh -huh. trying to get like because I want it to be accessible yeah, but yeah. in order for it to be accessible I have to put down like these ground rules of like, mm -hmm. I am working since I don't see you in this room right now. Yeah. I need to yeah. know that you know these things or, cause I can't just like, cause there's, I've seen videos like that, like on YouTube specifically where it's like, I'm gonna teach you literally all of it in one sitting. And it's like, that's just not a, no. that's not a good way to do it. As soon as you find <laughs> out what, it, what a third is, if you can even remember what it was, you've already thrown 17,000 pieces of jargon in their face. Yeah. And it's like, and it's, it just becomes so intimidating because it's so much. But I like the idea of breaking down like something that seems really complicated. Uh, is I mean, it's, it's not. Yeah. And it yeah. gives you creativity because so, example, C major 7, 9, 11, 13, literally just describes the major scale. There's all natural notes. Nothing special going on. And so C major 7, uh, 9, 11, flat 13 is all the notes in the major scale except your 13, aka the 6, your A in that case is now A flat. Cool. Mm -hmm. Which doesn't seem like a big deal, but it's like a whole different sound. Yeah. And the thing you can yeah, dip into crazy. then is like, so I described like the huge, like behemoth looking things. And it's like, well, what do I do when I just see C major? You've given me like 10 options that all say C major at the time before we even get to the seven stuff like if i just see c major like what can i do any of them that say c major you have all these options you didn't know you had like you can technically play any of these that involve those three notes that are at the makeup of the c major chord as long as you have those three notes in there you can slide anything in between so it's like being able to make that really like oh wait a second like all of these are these things that seem complicated and like they have these crazy names, so like the flat thirteen, that is, uh, that would be harmonic major, which is one of the four parent scales. Well, and you can throw all this jargon and knowledge, but it's not important because all you need to know is the exact same fucking thing as a major scale with one note that's lower. Congratulations, you're doing yeah. a very cool, very quote unquote high level music idea now. Yeah, and like those things are so simple because like a C chord it does have such a different feeling from a c7 but exactly and you can choose like a minor to introduce right? those sounds or you can choose not to so yeah. anything when whatever chords you're given so say you're given c major seven like sharp 11 that's like chord you're given like whoa what a chord there's so much going on well you we still have two other notes that you can decide to do whatever the hell you can ignore those other two notes i'm talking about the nine and 13 at this point you're you're uh two and you're uh, six 
and you can do whatever the hell you want with them. You can exclude them. You can make them both sharp, sharp like a crazy person. You can flat one of them. You, they're literally just there for you to do whatever with, because they're not already defined by whatever's playing with you or what the melody is or something like that. Because you know the important stuff. Most composers and most people who write music will only write down the important stuff, and then the rest is for you to play with. So stuff like that, like with the flat thirteen. Like the reason you'd see that in the thing is because whoever wrote this piece of music really wants to tell you, hey, I think this sound is really cool and I want you to use it. Mm -hmm. Is all they're saying. And all these other things yeah, that are attached to the yeah. C major, all the other crazy bullshit after that is just like things in the tool belt that is like your major. So major doesn't just mean major scale. You have major sounds that include all these crazy names that sound super intimidating, but it's basically just ver slight variations on a major scale. But like they're their own sound world, basically, yeah. that you can kind of dive into. So it's like, which sounds huge and kind of intimidating, but hopefully like exciting. I'm just like, yeah. I didn't realize that all these quote unquote crazy high level cool music things were like literally just one little note away. And being able to like, yeah, put that connection, and like, <laughs> yeah, just yeah, breaking down the hieroglyphs. I I'm looking forward to that one because yeah, it I, seems complicated, but and it seems like a crazy calculus problem. But I promise, it's it's only trying to describe to you up to seven things, <laughs> up to seven notes. I saw a, a meme, a musical meme. And it was like two big, like two fat Mexican oh, two, guys yeah. standing next to each other, and one of them on their chest it was like C major seven slash add nine, and the other one was like E major seven diminished eleven. And it was like, like I got it that it was like two chords that like if you know what you're looking at are like the same fucking thing. <laughs> I knew enough to get it, but not enough to understand it. Right. And so right. I was in this like gray area where I could like laugh at it and also laugh at myself. <laughs> so I'm interested to read that because then maybe I'll like be able to decipher uh, mm -hmm. differentiate between these two large Mexican men. Maybe. Uh, I mean, because so then the other half of it is, I mean, you do have to do the legwork to really understand it, mm -hmm, you know. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that's something about teaching in general. Like, uh, I can ex explain to you uh, until my my head mm -hmm. turns blue, but I will never be able to understand for you. Yeah, yeah. It's on me to, like, go and put that knowledge into practice when playing guitar. Yeah, and then when talking about... one of those things. Yeah, talking about the weird stuff, too. Like, it's cool if you don't like it. Like you don't just because it seems impressive and cool or whatever doesn't mean that necessarily is. Mm. Like just play, uh, like this could even just reaffirm how much you just like to play a major scale. If you don't like all the crazy different stuff, it could just be like, well, that really shows me that like I actually super just love this thing, and it gives you that more confidence of like yeah. I know I definitely know what I like. There's no question. I've explored the other avenues. And I know this is what, and you get to play with so much more confidence because you start to believe your ideas a little bit more because, I mean, they're just that much more fortified opposed to like, hey, I like this stuff and it's what I know, but 
Like you're just kind of ignorant to everything else around you, but to go to those other places, experience them, and say, "No, nah, like the first thing was cool." It's like gives you that much more uh, satisfaction, gratitude, even for mm -hmm. the the stuff you know. Yeah, well, that to me describes the Grateful Dead quite well. Uh, they they go out and do spacey, weird shit. I mean, play. Uh, Milestones. I forget who wrote that. It might be a Miles Davis. It tune. is a Miles Davis tune. Oh, excuse me. I've been sick and I'm like so damn rested. <laughs> Ugh, I've been over here like trying to not make a show of it. Um, but like <laughs> now here I am. And so, like, yeah, I think they played that down at Deer Creek last year. Um, so they'll like do weird, spacey, jazzy, experimental, improvisational stuff. But then we'll still do like a classic blues tune, or just like, song, yeah, yeah, cowboy song, and like to be able to appreciate both and to then like do both is pretty sweet, pretty cool, and like a lot of fun. I think it like the wider a person's appreciation of what his of the art that has been made before them. Like the, it, I think in the, this is reiterating a point you just made. Like the very, the better their perspective is gonna be when going to create stuff. Uh, like you gotta know your shit, or else you're yeah. just gonna be making shit. It's no fun. And I mean, modern musicians. This was a, this guy's a crazy like avant-garde New York guy. You know, makes you know crazy squeaky noises on a saxophone type of dude. <laughs> uh, and. Uh, reading his essay about just you know music in general and he said i don't even know a musician right now and he wrote this i think it was the late 90s i don't even know a musician who couldn't tell me their favorite tennessee williams song their favorite slayer song their favorite dave liebman song their favorite and like keeps going all this like you know these aren't even related to each other like the mm -hmm. farthest reaches of all music uh they couldn't tell me you know their, their favorite 14th century uh you know boring piece really like you know the the palette of people who dedicate their lives to music is is so deep uh and so incredible and from people who may not even realize there's a cute clip that i saw online of george michael talking about joy division and how much he loved joy division you, never, oh, cool. you would never think that george michael would like and this is you know this is 80s george michael you know this is bam <laughs> george michael it's sitting there and it's like oh that last joy division album the, the the b side was just so good no, i'm just like oh the jordan vision is so out there but it's just like you know we don't you know sometimes give people enough credit they're like oh yeah like they're they love music they're gonna listen to a lot of music yeah. just because they don't make music like joy division mm -hmm. that i think is better or whatever doesn't mean that they also don't love joy division yeah. you know <laughs> i was listening to flea's podcast and I think he was interviewing Jewel, and in it he said that like just earlier that day he'd been listening to the new Cardi B album, and I was like, Shit, "Please Cardi listen B, to Shit. Cardi B," and he said, "Yeah, and it was great. He loved it." And I was like, "Fuck yeah, Flea! Hell yeah, I want to check that out now." Controversial opinion: enjoying things is nice and good. <laughs> that is <laughs> controversial. Controversial, I know. Liking that things is, is pretty cool. After growing up in the 90s and 2000s, it honestly is a controversial opinion to like and enjoy. Yeah. More than like two and a half things. Like, it's it's kind of crazy. It's, I'm, I'm glad that we're getting past that. Oh, I'm glad I'm that it's okay for 
Made in Joy, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and Tennessee William, and to want to listen to the new Cardi B album. You know, so we should we should start gatekeeping, liking everything. You know, <laughs> then everyone will want to, right? Yeah. I don't know how you can gate keep something that you there are no gates, but we'll find a way. Yeah, we're we're two smart, intelligent white males. Yeah, that's right. If, if anyone's gonna figure it out, it's gonna be us, right? <laughs> Damn, that's right. I'm excited for these uh, essays. I'm excited to read through them. I think it's gonna be really neat. Um, and like, I, I, it's it's it it's cool to see like in uh, like this the scene flourishing. Like, I feel like the art scene is like really really like interconnecting and like there's a lot of cool people doing cool stuff right now like on their own and like together and like all of that's going to benefit each other and i think this thing is going to be like right in that realm um, so i'm stoked to get those oh, thank um, you. i'm stoked to proofread them for you i can't wait for tens of people to watch them <laughs> i'll be sending over plenty of notes uh, i mean please sure. do absolutely because i mean uh, I mean, particularly you and a couple of my other friends that are more actually the actual demographic, like, it'll be the most, because, I mean, it would be nice to, you know, get Phil's opinion or whatever, mm -hmm. who's, you know, the freaking, you know, virtuoso and knows goddamn yeah. everything, yeah. which would be nice to hear his two cents, but his, it matters less what he uh, thinks. It'll, uh, it'll be more important of, like... Hey, something that like would be interesting to blah 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 here is like there's extra context that you could bring up here that you didn't list. Did you know about this? And I'd be like, maybe like, if I didn't, I'm just like, cool, thanks. Like that's cool to know, and maybe I will, or maybe I did, and I intentionally did not include it because <laughs> it will confuse everyone. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's exciting. That's <laughs> very sweet, very sweet. So, uh, your is is there anything anywhere people can find you? Oh, uh, do you have a, an internet presence? Or are you less and less internet? these days, which is weird that's for wanting to start another internet thing. Now that I've I've slowly drugged myself away, more or less. But no, not really. You just have to, uh, you know. I would say watch for me in the streets, but I'm not there very often either. But if you happen <laughs> to be in my backyard, you'll see me. Uh -huh. Maybe watering your your garden. It's true, often. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the summer is hot. Hot and, hot and dry. lots of clay in my soil, oh, so I gotta, man. yeah, it's not great for retaining moisture, so I gotta. I bet. Yeah, keep that shit wet. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta go. Uh, my garden's a mess. Right now, sorry for sorry for it. bringing PTSD right now. Well, this has been cool. I'm glad this. Uh, I'm glad we made this happen. Yeah. We'll do it again sometime. Absolutely. Yeah. As, as I'm sure you noticed, I could just talk and talk and talk and talk and never stop. Good about it. So I'm excited to have you on the the regular list. If uh, someone falls through, they say, "Oh shit! Or, I need something this or, week." Yeah, it's two days before, and I, I, I don't have anything recorded. Brandon, uh, go over tonight. Say something. Give me the. Uh, uh, Fred, how accurate are they? Tell me. <laughs> uh, just let you tear it to pieces. I love that. I love that.
Well, uh, people, get some Indiana tea. Absolutely, it was good. Tom. I finished mine like yeah. ten minutes in. It was so good. That's really good. Yeah, it's the smooth criminal is very smooth. The just a tad sweet is just perfectly sweet. Um, so check out Tom at the farmers market. We got a, a health food shop. He's probably selling in other places, but I don't know where. So yeah. And uh, maybe the Dead Man's Dance will play a show sometime. We don't have any on the books. Why would we do that? I don't know. I don't know why. We'd have to try and rehearse first. Good luck. <laughs> God, maybe, maybe, hopefully we can get a garage jam in sometime. Those are fun. So I'm, one of the sands is a silly, because uh, I don't want to speak into existence. For the whole world to hear, but I'll have to let you know yeah. about a maybe project. Okay, yeah. Yeah, let's not say anything on record. Probably it's not like you have editorial control, said... you know? <laughs> no, no, can't do any of that. I feel like I've already said too much. I like to do it as raw as possible, honestly. Like, when I'm recording the intros and outros, um, the last one, like, a firecracker popped off while I was recording. Oh, yeah, I remember I that. that shit in. I think that's part of the fun. Um, so... I don't know if people need to hear about me playing the pit dance, though. But it's up to you. Maybe not. It, it does, it, I mean, it was the first thing that came to my mind for boring musicians. So, and then you can go straight raw, <laughs> straight raw into the 440, 432 takedown. <laughs> God, that holds bar. <laughs> Fight words. Duplex <laughs> off the top of the cage. Exactly right. Exactly right. All right. Brandon, thanks for being on the show. Oh, it was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Oh, no, no, I was trying to update, trying to software update. Thanks, Brandon, for coming on the podcast and shooting the shit. It was a good time. I feel like I learned something. I've got, uh, I've got to put my nose into the wikipedia pages here soon so yeah it's it's always cool how i i i get to learn stuff through doing this podcast i feel like i'm the most fortunate person that is involved in all this so yeah thanks brandon thanks for oh my god my phone's going off right now this is so unprofessional my goodness let me silence my computer here so this doesn't keep happening all right, I'm going to leave that in for sure, because why not? Uh, yeah, so come to the night market July 29th. Come to the morning dance at Lakeside July 30th, and uh, take care of yourself. I'm not sure what song I'm going to play yet, so uh, let me think. Oh, I'm going to do another song by the uh, the... The Fifth House, that's what they're called. Yeah, The Fifth House. I played one of their songs a couple episodes ago. So uh, let me, I'm going to just go on Spotify right now and pick the song of theirs that I'm going to play so that I can record this because I'm going to tear down my sound equipment right as soon as I'm done so that uh, I can go set it up to watch some dead shows. So now I'm just saying all this to stall. So I'm looking at their 
Oh, whoa! Holy shit, they released the album! Oh my goodness. Uh, I'm gonna play the first song off the album because I don't think they released this as a single. So uh, go check out the new album from The Fifth House. The album's called We Still Got Space. And this is I Think I'll Leave You in the Dark. Enjoy, everybody. I'll fight for the 